You're listening to the St. John's Diamond Creek podcast, recorded live each Sunday at St. John's Anglican Church, Diamond Creek. This episode presented by Associate Minister Julie Blinko. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Jesus Christ, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. With a display that good, I think it it deserves to be seen as I'm speaking, so I didn't want to block the view. Hello, everyone. My name's Julie Blinko. I'm one of the ministers here. Many of you would have seen the images this week in the news of the Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris in flames. It was startling and sad to wake up to such a world historic building collapsing before our eyes. This particular image, which one which has really captured my attention and my imagination since, the cross. In the middle of the ashes of the Burton Cathedral, it remains. The cross positioning itself as a bold reminder of the life, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ for all the media channels across the world to report on. The cross standing as an invite to every person to respond to the life of Jesus this Easter. What a week for it to burn down. What a week for it to be world news. The cross, Jesus endured it for the joy of saving us. The cross, mind you, without Jesus on it because he's no longer there, nor is he in a tomb. His skeleton has never been found because he's been risen from the grave. It's ironic that it remains standing there despite the rubble and the ash and the collapsed steeple around it. It's unaware of the media discussions around the world concerning the the reconstruction of the beautiful and monumental cathedral it's housed in. That fire has brought us back to the bare bones of the Easter message through this photo. It's not about the beautiful building or the impressive history. What Jesus accomplished on the cross And in rising again from the grave three days later is a sign of the love of God for each of us. It's unstoppable. It's unblockable, not even by death. 
Jesus overcame every form of opposition, of darkness, every blockage which would stand against us, every sin which seeks to stop us from coming in to the love of God. No matter what we face, no matter what we feel this weekend, no matter what we're going through, he's broken the power of the things which separate us from walking closely with God. The reading explained that well, that nothing separates us from the love of God. Not trouble, not hardship, not persecution. We could add not fire, not history being burnt, not artifacts being lost. Nothing we can see or not see, nothing people can do to us on earth or in heaven, nothing anywhere can separate us from the love of God. He conquered the grave and rose from the tomb. He broke the power of sin so that we may receive forgiveness. He dismantled the powers of darkness and brought light to the world. He overcame death so he could offer us life. All that stood in the way between creation and their creator, having a direct and personal relationship, has now been removed. Jesus made a way for us to be connected. But why did he do it? You might ask, why? And his disciples, the people that followed him, asked the same question when he was walking around on earth. Why did you come? And my paraphrase, he came so that he... He came to bring life and life in abundance, both now and forever. Let's unpack that and see what it's got to do with a table full of food. In rising from the grave, in conquering death, Jesus began a new era, a new age. Our date system even changed to reflect that. In defeating death and rising from the grave, he became a foretaste a prototype, an entree, so to speak, of a feast that was to come. The kingdom of God, which was once thought of as far and away, one day, maybe when you die, you go to be with God. If there is a God, he's full of power up in the clouds somewhere. Oh yes, his love, his power, his strength, he's amazing, but he's over there. But then in Jesus coming, dying and rising again, that over there became here and now, What was far and away became present for us all to experience. Christ in us, the hope of glory, the power of God alive in Jesus and living in us who have invited him in. I don't know about you, but that sounds a little bit sci-fi to me and it sounds a little bit hard for my head to get around. What does it mean for the future to come into the present? What does it mean for that future glory of God to be alive and at work in me now? What does that mean? That's a big concept and people have written essays trying to explain it. How would you explain the Great Barrier Reef, for example, to someone who had never seen a beach? Where Where would you start? describing this amazing ecosystem under the water. When scripture tries to explain what that abundant life looks like that Jesus came to bring us, when it tries to explain the kingdom of God coming on earth as it is in heaven, it often uses a banquet. It's like a banquet. It's like a table, a feast that you're invited to. Now, for some of you, you might think banquet. Oh, gosh, I have to know how to use all those knives and forks properly. I might be seated next to someone I don't enjoy, and I'll have to, like, 
be there for a while. So banquets might not be a concept that's relaxing to you. If it is, hold the banquet image. If not, think of the very best of barbecues you've ever been to. All right, we're kind of merging the image here. We've got the feel of the relaxed barbecue with your favorite mates, just relaxing, chilling out at twilight. Maybe you got the footy on, maybe that's not relaxing to you, but picture the best of barbecues with your closest friends. We've also got the most amazing food, the smell, the taste, the sensation of that, the aroma coming up. Oh, we're in awe of the creation the food and the wine and the drinks, the things that God has created, what a taste. But the very best thing of both the banquet and the barbecue and the abundance of life that Jesus gives us, the very best thing is the relationships we share in those moments. The unrestricted relationship that God has made a way for us to have with him. All things removed from the love of God, us being able to access that. But that flows over to the love and the relationships we share with other people. What a feast. What an amazing and abundant life. What a reason to celebrate Easter Sunday. The type of time where your stomach hurts so much that it starts to, you know, you're laughing so much it starts to hurt. Sorry, that started you thinking Easter eggs, too many Easter eggs, but no, you're laughing so much, your stomach starts to hurt. You want to capture and take photos of this moment and put it on your mantle at home or put it on your screensaver in your phone to remember just how good that feast was. That's what I want you to picture when I'm thinking and talking about abundant life. But even that is only a glimmer, only a small way to describe just how good it is to walk with God and for him to bring his life to us to enjoy. In the risen Jesus, the power of death has been dismantled. In the risen Jesus, goodbye, every guilt of past actions which eats away at us. In the risen Jesus, goodbye, every shame of hidden secrets which isolate us. In the risen Jesus, goodbye, every whispering or accusing condemnation which says, you're not worthy of receiving this abundant life. Every obstacle on earth or anywhere else conquered by King Jesus, who rose to bring us new life. It's a grand picture of love. He lived it and he offers it to us to participate in. But let's consider this a little bit further. This banquet, this abundant life. Number one, everyone's invited. Did you know you're invited? You're invited. You're invited. Did you know you're each invited? Some people know that they're invited, but maybe they haven't heard. We read at the Gospel of Luke that will be free for you to take home with you today. Many people responded really differently when they heard about the resurrection of Jesus. Some said, I just don't believe it. Some, even his closest friends, needed to see for themselves. Let me touch him and talk to him and eat fish and bread with him. Wow, he really is risen in bodily form. Some people have heard and do know they're invited, but they wonder, am I worthy of being there? I once heard someone say to me, oh, Julie, I've ignored God my whole life. 
I'd be a hypocrite if I turned to him now, in my hour of need. Nah, I'll cope by myself. Or maybe I'm just not worthy of being there with others. You don't, you don't know what I do by myself. You don't know what I've done in my past. You don't know the things that I'm thinking. To each of these, Jesus took every reason that we would deem ourselves unworthy. And it was on the cross on Good Friday so that when he rose again, he conquered and removed every reason we would deem ourselves unworthy. Jesus on the cross, there was a criminal next to him. And the criminal said, I do believe you're the son of God. And he didn't say, too late, buddy. This is your last hour. Sorry. You should have gone and planted a church when you had the time. No, he didn't say that at all. He said, as surely as you're here now, you'll be in paradise with me today. The reason being, it's not about what he could have done. It's about what Jesus did. And it's about our response to that. Some people have heard, but they don't realize they need to respond. You've got an invite, but have you RSVP'd, so to speak? Have you responded to the invite? A banquet like this, you kind of don't just, oh, I've slipped into a banquet table. That's not how it works. We need to respond to the invite that's been given to us. At 21, someone explained it to me in a way that I found quite offensive at the time, but I'll share it with you. They were telling me, Julie, it's not enough to simply know the Easter and Christmas story, to go to a Christian school, to be baptised as an infant. It's not enough. It's not enough. Like, what on earth? Who are you? How dare you tell me that, is how I thought at the time. But they said, all of those things are what you've done. You don't yet believe in Jesus. You haven't yet put him first in your life. You haven't yet made him number one. It's not about what you've done. It's about what he did and our response to that. Gasp. I didn't really say gasp, but I'm like, oh, it's too easy but too, too hard all at the same time. And it took me a while to wrestle with that. But the same truth is today. It's not what we've done. It's about what he's done and how we respond to that. You've each received an invite. Have you responded yet to that invite? Have you said yes to Jesus? The invite to walk with him and to trust him, to place him first in your life. It's a faith decision. Otherwise, it sits like an invite on our fridge that we don't respond to. It just sits there forever, and we risk missing the main event. Why else would people hesitate to come eat at such a feast? Well, I've got forever to respond, might be one of the thoughts. I gently say, you don't. Like the Notre Dame Cathedral, which burnt overnight, no one was expecting that. If they saw it coming, they would have prevented it. Similarly with our lives, no one knows the last day that each of us will live. While you have the chance, consider the claims of Jesus. Take a gospel, do a Google search, ask a friend. God, help me to understand what this means. Pray a prayer. Start investigating today. Don't do nothing. Time is running out. When all the media attention dies down in Paris, 
When the ashes are swept away and what's left of relics are salvaged and saved, the empty cross which was left will also be the cross where the new beginning starts. Jesus rising from the grave is his victory over death and all that separates us from the love of God. It is where a new beginning starts for us as well. We are invited to his table to enjoy an abundant life both for eternity but also starting here and now, today, if you'd like. We can come as we are, with the doubts and insecurities, with the questions, with the unknowns. He meets us right where we're at, delighting that we are taking that little bit of faith that we have and looking his way with it, saying yes to him. It's where a life of abundance starts. This Easter Sunday, We celebrate Jesus rising from the grave. He rose to offer you life in abundance, both now and forever. He has reserved a spot for you at his table. You're invited. How will you respond? Thanks for joining us. If you've got any questions about this podcast, connect with us on our website, stjohnsdc.org.au or at facebook.com slash stjohnsdc. Don't forget, you can join us live in Diamond Creek every Sunday at 9.30am and 6pm.